Hey, all you freaks and geeks out there in podcast land. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Green Belt Botanicals. I'll give you more information about them later on in the episode. And now, on to the show. It's Wednesday, March the 10th. And you know what that means. Welcome, freaks and geeks, to another smoke-filled and jam-packed episode of the Doctor's Orders podcast with the 512-Foot Doctor. The podcast where I meet with some of the most creative and influential people that I know to share stories from the ride of life. As always, I'm your host, the 512-Foot Doctor, coming at you live and direct from the one and only studio of Life or Death. If you're a returning freak or geek, thank you very much for checking back in to our regularly scheduled appointment. And if you're new here, tuning in for the first time, well, welcome. Welcome to the Freaks and Geeks family, and I want to let you know you need to buckle up quick for this ride. Freaks and Geeks, this is episode number 25. Man, 25 solid episodes, and this one is here. Volume 3, don't get that misunderstood. We've come a long way from Volume 1. We've hit a long, a different strides in Volume 2, and, and this is it, Freaks and Geeks. Volume number 3. We're halfway through it, my goodness. Now, without further ado, sometimes I beat around the bush, and that's something I'm working on, something I gotta stop and just get right on to it. Our guest today, he's, uh, uh, he's a Dallas-based artist. He's also an avid uh, film uh, poster collector, be it uh, uh, vintage posters, be it foreign posters. He's even an avid collector of uh, uh, some some propaganda posters as well. We're going to talk about that. He's got a lot of interesting mindsets and just uh, interesting outlooks and, and just stories of how he's come about to uh, in his artistic path and even come about uh, collecting some of these extremely rare posters. So without further ado, Freaks and Geeks, episode number 25, put your hands together for our guest, Max Henry Frazier of Snipe Art. What's going on, man? How you doing today? Yeah, thanks for having me. Hi, everybody. Let's go ahead, and we're going to dive right into what I call the Heinz 57 Life Catch-Up. Uh, now, I, I know I introduced you um, to, to a certain extent, but if you could please introduce yourself to the Freaks and Geeks. That's the audience here for the Doctor's Orders podcast with the 512 Foot Doctor. And if you could tell us your name, tell us where you're from, and tell us what do you do. So my name is Max Henry Fraser. Uh, I'm from uh, the East Coast, D.C. area. Um, been out here in Dallas since late uh, 2005. So I've uh, been here for a while now. Um, I raised my kids out here. Um, my day job is uh, head of uh, digital for a fairly large uh, traditional print company. Um, and I've been painting since probably early to mid 2014 I've been painting. Um, and, uh, it's just been progressing on from there. It started out really as a kind of a creative, uh, outlet for myself, something to balance kind of the stress of work and, and, uh, it's, it's evolved quite a bit. Um, and, uh, now it's not uh, paying all the bills, but, uh, it's, I've been fairly successful over the last year or two, especially. Cool, cool, man. Like, uh, before we get into discussing that, like, I stumbled up, uh, upon you um, by, do you know uh, uh, Brandon Epica or Brandon, uh, uh, I forget, what's his other last name? Brandon Ayala. He used to run a, a boutique down in Deep Ellum area. That's where I stumbled upon some of your first, uh, some of your first pieces out there. 
Yeah, he was he was a really early supporter. And I mean, I'm talking probably like 2015 is when um, I got a couple of uh, pieces. And he actually was the first place that I he was the second place I ever showed my art in the first place I ever had a solo show. Nice. Um, uh, and actually the first purchase out of what I would consider kind of a gallery environment or show environment was at Epica. That was a really cool spot downtown. Yeah. Yes, it was tremendous. So I always think about it. It's too bad that it's no longer there, but it was just a period in time. That's what it is. So yeah. uh, it's a Sunday, man, what were we getting into earlier today? Uh, today, uh, got up, uh, you know, I, I, I got a three-year-old, so we're up nice and early moving around with her. Um, already, uh, gotten, uh, church in this morning. And so, uh, the rest of the day is, uh, just kind of relax with the family. Uh, it's usually my Sunday. I try to keep Saturdays a little busier, get a bunch done on Saturday so that Sunday we can, uh, we can just relax. Good, good, good. Are you a coffee person for the morning? I uh, know I'm a monster energy person, unfortunately, and I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to change that, but I haven't, I haven't quite gotten there yet. <laughs> good on you, man. You want to make change, you can make that change. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's it. So can you walk us through like a, a, a typical day in the, the artistic realm for you? Like what, from start to finish, if you had, do you have a devoted day or is that every day, but maybe like a project day? What? Yeah, I, uh, I usually, so for the most part, um, my, I, I, I paint in the evening. Okay. Um, and I usually get, I usually get started when my girls go down. Yeah. Uh, so I'm usually painting from, you know, nine to midnight, nine to two when I am painting, okay. uh, very rarely do I get to hit it at stretches where I'm, you know, I can just go at it for eight hours in a day. I'm, I'm always very envious of artists that have that, have the opportunity to do that. And, and usually it, it breaks down. I mean, pieces take me, I can do I can knock out small pieces in four or five hours. So that's usually a couple of days worth of work. Um, but larger pieces can be, you know, two, three weeks. If I'm working on something for 20, 25 hours, it, it can take weeks. All right. All right. That's a good, good process there. I mean, um, they, they're all, they're all personal, you know, they're no artist. while while they work in similar ways, no artist I feel has the same track. Yeah. And, and I've, I've gotten better about breaking my process down into kind of manageable sections. So I hit kind of milestones. I can, I scope it out and I can, you know, sketch the, sketch the art onto the poster or prep the poster. Um, you know, so I've got a couple of stages and, you know, associated to each piece and I, and I try to hit those, um, uh, each night. So I don't, so I don't, so I'm not halfway in between something, okay. uh, you know, when I, when I quit. Progress or something, little uh, yeah, filling it. I got you. I got you. All right, so I got a couple of random questions before we uh, finish off this little introductory section of the Heinz Fifty Seven Life Catchup. My first one: Do you have like a favorite gadget or a tool that uh, that is good for you in life? Uh, recently, it's been my uh, iPad Pro uh, <laughs> with an Apple Pencil because uh, I I always struggled. I struggle being organized. Um, I'm still working on it as I get busier and busier. I've got to find ways to get myself organized. Um, uh, I'm very blessed to have a very organized wife. So that kind of has, uh, has, uh, 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 allowed me to stay unorganized for as long as I have, but my iPad is kind of my catch all now because I can, I, I can jot notes, but, but I can save them and send them digitally. I, I send myself a lot of stuff. Um, I surf the, the internet for ideas. I work off of it. So that's my iPad pro is kind of my, my, my catch-all device right now. 
That's good, man. That's a, that's a modern one too. And you got the pencil on it. That's gotta be, you gotta be able to do a whole lot of stuff on there. Yeah. The next, the next, the next uh, frontier for me is going to be starting to sketch on in something like procreate and use, okay. using the pencil for some, for art as well. But right now it's all business notes, ideas, keeping ideas jotted down, journaling when I can, things like that. Cool. Cool. Let me ask you this. Um, do you have a, uh, any, aside from your artistic background, do you have uh, any other favorite hobbies? Um, no, not, not, not really. I, I grew up, I, I played soccer at a pretty high level and that kind of consumed my, my youth and, you know, my early twenties. Um, so about 22, uh, uh, you know, so I still occasionally, uh, uh, play soccer when I can just, you know, for fun. Did you play in college? I did. Um, I went to UConn. Okay. Um, I played up in UConn, uh, left after, um, really my first semester ended up down in Argentina in the youth program in a youth program down in Argentina. Um, went on from there to, uh, play, uh, for about a year in the second division in Mexico. But, uh, in general, you know, it was, uh, it was a fun ride. I mean, not, not at a super high level, but definitely allowed me to travel quite a bit when I was young. That's cool. Um, you know, you got to grow up quick when they, when you're dropped into a country, you don't speak the language and you don't know anybody, you know? So, I did a lot of maturing as I traveled uh, when I was younger. Man, that's amazing. That's amazing right there. Uh, let's see. Um, all right, here. Based on inspiration, which living person, living, do you say most uh, inspires you? Oh, wow. Um, and you could do, pick more than one. I know that's a little bit of a broad question. You know, I, I um, you know, I'm, I, I, you know, members of my family keep me inspired um, keep me pushing forward, you know, my girls, uh, especially, um, I, I don't, I don't know if that's the right answer that you're looking for, but, but it's just as far as keeping me motivated, keeping me on my toes, keeping me running, you know? No, um, uh, yeah, I, I would say, I would say my girls, as far as, you know, kind of having an impact, something that's, you know, kind of in my face every day, reminding me of why I'm doing things. Uh, the, you know, the example I'm trying to set for them, keeping me motivated, yeah. um, you know, to continue to provide for them. Uh, they're probably my biggest inspiration. Cool. No, that's a good answer, man. I, I, I do respect that for sure. Um, what's the most, the most beautiful city you've ever been to in the world? You said you talked a little bit about traveling. What, uh, tell us about some of those beautiful cities out there that you, uh, you know, probably I would say favorite cities, uh, Paris. Okay. Um, I absolutely love Paris. Um, Barcelona is, is a really fun city. It's a very international city. It's just a melting pot. Um, and it's 24 seven. I, I love Barcelona. I love that about Barcelona is that it's, you know, 24 seven, it's the city's moving and going. I mean, it's as busy on the street at two, three in the morning as it is in the middle of the day. Um, you know, uh, there's a certain, there's a certain beauty to Kingston, Jamaica. I lived in Kingston for a while and, uh, you know, it was, it, it, I, I think it gets a bad rep. Uh, I think if you're not from Kingston, it's, it's a tough place to, to be and go visit and really enjoy, you know, kind of, you know, the local atmosphere um, because it's, it's, it's a rough city, but I was down there with people, you know, uh, from there, I lived down in Kingston. So I I really loved Kingston, Jamaica. I mean, the people down there were amazing. Um, So that's probably, that's probably about my top three. Um, You know, I I grew up on the East coast. I, I, I love the DC area. I love, I love, uh, New York city. Um, but internationally, uh, yeah, Barcelona, Paris, Kingston, that's, those are my spots. I go back anytime. 
That's great, man. Yeah, I've I've never been. Uh, unfortunately, I've never been outside of the country. So those are some uh, some good recommendations. Almost went to Jamaica last year, but that was uh, that was put on delays. You know. Yeah, Jamaica is a beautiful place. It's it's tough. I don't think people. I think people, um, for several reasons, have to kind of limit their their uh, experience of Jamaica to you know kind of resort towns and resort areas. And there's so much more to the country. Uh, and I, I was really lucky to be down there uh, in the situation I was in playing soccer down there uh, for a little while. It was, I got to see a whole different side of it. It was great. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So you say you grew up in D.C., the D.C. area. Do you, uh, what was the name of the street you grew up on down there? Laverne Avenue. Laverne and Avenue. All right. All right. Yeah, Laverne Avenue. I, I went to uh, T.C. Williams. Okay. Remember the Titans. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Have you done any work on a post of one of those posters? Uh, no, actually I haven't, but, but the, the, the character that Denzel played in that movie was my driver's ed teacher, Mr. Coach Boom. (laughs) Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. And that's never, that's ne- this is a, this is a first occurrence for this podcast. Uh, fact like that, man, that's out of sight. Yeah. Yeah. People don't know where Alexandria, Virginia is. So that's how I usually tie it. I say, remember the Titans? That's Alexandria, Virginia. I went to TC. Oh man, that's it right there. Um, let's see. So we're going to shift a little bit into the film spectrum, but not necessarily all the way in because we're going to save that for just a little bit later on down the line. What are movies or TV TV shows that are important to your life? Just a couple of them out there. Uh, you know, I'm I'm still a big fan of of older movies. I I, I really enjoy you know the you know movies that come out today. I'm a huge movie. I I see movies. I mean, COVID shut down my movie going like to a halt. And I'm one of those guys, you know, between me and my daughters, I mean, I'm trying to see, I'm probably seeing two, two, three, four movies a month as they're coming out. I mean, I, I see a pretty large swath of movies. Um, you know, I gravitate towards older movies. I feel like they, they, they don't make, I'm one of those people, I don't know if this is cliche or not, but I'm like, they, they don't make movies like they did in the eighties and nineties anymore, you know, seventies, eighties, nineties. I mean, you know, you just can't find them. That, you know, they do occasionally, but by, by and large, I don't feel like they do. Um, as far as shows are concerned, um, you know, I, I tend to watch, I don't have a ton of time to watch TV. You know, my wife and I, you know, pick up some series here and there. Um, big fan of com- some of the, the premium series, the Sopranos, the, the um, uh, you know, uh, what's another one? I've just Peaky Blinders has been a favorite of mine recently. Um, yeah. And so, you know, shows like that I'm, I'm, I'm into, but, uh, for the most part, I like watching older stuff. I like watching older movies. Yeah. So you ready for that, uh, uh mini Saints in Newark, that Sopranos movie? Yes, I am. I am. I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm debating, uh, diving back into Sopranos and starting over. I mean, that's, that's kind of the mark of a good series. If you can go a couple of years, step back into it and watch it. And it's like, it's new all over again. Um, you know, I loved, uh, uh, yeah, it's, a, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. I mean, I always like the backstories, uh, to the stories, you know, like a prequel type thing, you know? Yeah, no, I think it's great. And uh, a lot of people, uh, I mean, they, with David Chase running the helm, it's, it's going to be a tremendous show, tremendous film. Um, I would recommend if you are going to go back and uh, check out those previous, those episodes from the series, there's a podcast called Talking Sopranos, and it's got two of the main characters, uh, Michael Imperioli, Christopher Maltesanti. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
uh, Bobby Bacala. And he, so they're in there. They do, they've, they've started from episode one. They're trying to make their way all the way through it. And they have some uh, past guests or past uh, um, people from on the show just come on and they'll do a little brief interview. And then they'll, they'll go through verbatim all the lines in that episode and like talk through the process and stuff like that. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I'll have to check that out because I'm I'm definitely a big Sopranos fan. I mean, you know, the, any any series that can keep your attention for that long, you know, four, five, six seasons is is you know something special. And that's on like the podcast spectrum. I do believe they film it as well, and you can catch it on like YouTube and stuff like that. So that's another aspect. Oh, okay. But excellent, man. So uh, a few more, a few more questions on the live catch up here. Um, back to away from the random ones and more to the scheduled ones. Um, have you had any lo- recent changes in your life in the past recently? Aside from the whole thing we went through this entire year, any other recent changes, good or bad? Uh, you know, not nothing, nothing too major. I mean, I've I've been, you know, fairly busy uh, professionally, um, and it's and and I think. Uh, it's, it's kind of kept me from doing as much art as I would like to, I've gotten busier and busier. I'm, I'm debating making kind of another, you know, pretty significant jump professionally kind of later in the summer. Yeah. Uh, and so that will affect it too. But, um, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy, honestly. Um, it's, it's been, you know, by and large, I, this is, you know, for me personally, I think 2020 was, a, was a pretty good year. Um, certainly a really good year for me financially, which is, you know, kind of counter to what you would think, you know, based on 2020. But, um, I just been hustling, man. I've I've been having my head down and just been grinding, working. That's good. That's good. Tremendous, tremendous traits. So you spoke uh, uh, a little bit a while ago that you, uh, y'all attend, you attended church this morning. Um, what about, can you tell us about some of your just uh, religious or spiritual influences that, uh, that get you through life and that get you through, uh, your daily grind and stuff like that? Yeah, I found, uh, I found faith, you know, I, I would consider, you know, later in life. Um, you know, I, uh, I found faith, um, in my thirties. Um, so, you know, I'm fairly young kind of in my walk in faith, but I, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, I don't know if I found it or it found me, uh, but it was at a very, very difficult point in my life, both personally, um, I was having some health issues and, um, you know, I think it's kind of, uh, for me, been kind of my, my North Star, you know. Um, I think for a lot of people, you know, one of the things you struggle with is is why are things happening? What You know, what's the reason for this? What's the, you know, maybe in a broader sense, kind of what's the reason for being? And I think it grounds you on some level. Um, and at the end of the day, honestly, it's provided me a kind of a calm uh, through a lot of situations where... I wish I had had it available to me to lean on much sooner than I did. You know what I mean? Um, And uh, it, it, you know, it kind of, it's the, it's the guardrails, you know? Um, Again, it was, it was, you know, a a lot of it, um, regardless of what faith you are, I think a lot of it is, is looking inwards, you know, it it forces you to kind of look in the mirror and look inwards. And, um, and, and that, that exercise in and of itself makes you grow up. You know, there's really no way around it. And so uh, that, that for me has kind of been what it's been. And, and I think, uh, um, you know, it's made me a much better man. It's made me a better son, better brother, uh, certainly a better father, better husband. Um, so it's, it's been, it's played a big role for me over the last, you know, seven, eight years. 
That's good. That's good to hear. Thank you for sharing that, man. Uh, um, it's just some insight that uh, a freak or a geek, the audience members out there may, uh, may get gravitate to and, uh, um, you know, uh, have a similar uh, aspect to similar um, insight for, uh, but excellent. Is there anything this week that you're looking forward to this coming week? What's going down there? Uh, I'm taking a, a trip to Mexico on Thursday, That's two days going to San Miguel. It's going to okay. be, um, you know, it was, it was really odd. You know, my wife and I like to travel um, and 2020 was going to be a banner year for travel for us. I mean, we had like five trips planned in 2020, all got canceled. Um, oddly enough, we were supposed to take a real quick trip. Um, just the two of us down to New Orleans, really almost like a staycation. And we really didn't have any big plans. We we're just going to go down to New Orleans and kick it for a day or two. And the storm that came through, oh. we, were, we were supposed to leave that Sunday. Yeah. So, I mean, we woke up, well, the night before everything had already gotten canceled. So we, uh, we turned around and we booked this quick trip down to, uh, down to Mexico. So that's what I'm looking forward to this week. Tremendous. That's good. That's good. Well, here's our last question for the life catch up here. Uh, in the past 66 days, I say 66 days because it's from the first day of the month, from, excuse me, from the first day of the year to now, uh, a little bit over two and a half months um, or two, two months. Have you picked up any new routines, practices, or beliefs just in, in this year? This year. So I've, I've really had to, I was, I've, I was, you know, blessed to be presented with this really interesting opportunity from a professional standpoint and, you know, uh, the, the money is excellent. Um, and it's going to add a lot of workload, you know, and I'm already busy. So really I've, I've, it's forced me to start to tighten things up, you know, kind of, um, start to, to focus much more on, on how I'm organizing my time and my efforts, uh, just because, uh, that actually kicks off that, that gig kicks off this week. And so, really I've been trying to get more organized. I'm trying to get a little healthier because I know for a fact that, you know, I'm going to be under a significant amount of stress. Um, I'm going to be working hard. I'm going to be working long hours. And so, you know, I, I definitely want to kind of refocus on my health a little bit. Um, but yeah, just trying to get a little more organized. I'm, I'm trying to put a little more process into my life. I've been, you know, I, I think it's a gift in the curse. I've, I've got a fairly, a pretty flexible schedule. I'm, I'm kind of the one in charge. So it's, so it gives me a little more flexibility and that flexibility sometimes, you know, you, you, you can kind of, yeah, yeah. It, it lets you kind of get outside and, you know, I, I tend to procrastinate a little bit. That's something else I'm working on. So, you know, a combination of a lot of flexibility plus procrastination is not a recipe for a success yeah. sometimes. No, no. So, so definitely been trying to get a little more organized. Um, that's kind of been my, my focus and, and, and I'm trying to get some better habits around, uh, uh, you know, getting back in a little bit better shape. Cause I know that's going to uh, pay dividends as I, you know, kind of work long hours and I'm dealing with a little bit more stress. Yeah. Good on you, man. Good on you. Keep it up. All right. Well, let's talk about, uh, um, let's talk about the arts, man. Let's talk about you as a creator. Um, first off, just tell us about, uh, tell us about snipe art. You say you started painting in, in like around 2014, but you were, yeah. you were in the Dallas area in 2005, right? Yeah. And, you know, I had, I had a, um, you know, I was always, I was interested in art when I was young and, um, I think it just kind of went by the wayside as I played soccer. I didn't have a ton of free time for, for, you know, extra kind of activities. And, um, I, I actually dabbled in a little bit of painting, um, you know, early in my time in Texas and then just got away from it for whatever reason. Um, and, uh, 
I actually started collecting. Um, I never, I'd, I'd never collected anything until I moved to Texas. And okay. so I first started collecting limited edition prints was yeah. my, was my first thing. And outside of Shepherd Ferry, um, you know, uh, who I collected quite a bit, uh, back in like Oh five, Oh six. Um, I drifted towards, uh, those Mondo alternative movie posters for whatever reason I found those and I loved them. And yeah. so I started collecting those and, and that kind of, I think that if I had to look back, that was the beginnings of what got me to movie posters, which in turn got me to painting on them, you know, but 2014, um, uh, if you want to know how I got into how I ended up painting on movie posters, yeah, for sure. um, I, uh, so my brother and I always give each other, you know, pretty, we try to give each other fairly interesting gifts. And at the time, um, you know, so art is, we'd been doing kind of prints to each other, uh, you know, as, as presents and, and he was in Chicago at the time and he had gotten a couple of, um, uh, blues brothers, uh, kind of alternative movie posters yeah. and, uh, as prints. And so, I came across, so in looking for a, a, a different one, right? Because he, he had two or three of them and he, and he liked, he wanted to keep that going. I came across a Japanese movie poster for the movie, an original Japanese poster for Blues Brothers. And it was just, it was so wild. It, it was so different from the, from the imagery and the, the, the poster you're used to seeing here in America. So I ended up buying it. And, um, and the guy who I bought it from on eBay reached out to me um, there, there was a note in the, in the purchase and it was like, Hey, if you're interested in bulk purchases, so I, I reached out to the guy and, and, uh, uh, he was selling off like his father's collection. It was some crazy number of movie posters. Right. And he kind of made me an offer I couldn't refuse. So then I was sitting on all these movie posters that I didn't know what to do with. I mean, I thought they were really cool, but I was in an apartment at the time. I didn't have any place to, and, uh, one of the things that I realized when he sold them to me was I, I would have like 10 or 12 of the exact same poster. Okay. Um, you know, and so, you know, I was talking to my brother and our first idea was, why don't we take these posters and screen print something on top of them and do like very limited edition sets of these posters. And so, you know, after we ruined probably, you know, dozens of posters do, trying that out, that did not work at all. Um, I found that if, you know, if you played around with it, you could, you could, you know, acrylic would, would stick, but you had to work with it. Yeah. And so, uh, man, I ruined, I mean, to this day, I've probably ruined hundreds of movie posters trying to paint on them, you know, but, uh, that was the, that was the beginnings was at first we wanted to screen print onto, you know, I had like 15 of these, this one poster, this Kung Fu poster, yeah. we were trying to screen print something onto it. We couldn't make it work. So I, so I drew it on and, and it worked out. I've, I've still got that first poster I painted to this day. What is that? What was it? What uh, movie and what character did you drop on that? It, it was this, it was this, uh, it was this, um, movie called hot dog Kung Fu. And I don't know the I don't know the, the original title, but the, the, the title showcased in the U S was hot dog Kung Fu. And I put uh Hong Kong Fui on it. Oh yeah. I think I saw that one. Is that one like a, was that like a movie card? Is that one kind of, I've done several variations of it, but no, it was, it was a, it was a U.S. uh, it was, it was a U.S. one sheet. It was a U.S. one sheet. Cool. Yeah. You use Hong Kong Fui a lot, man. He's a, he's a, a tremendous character. Yep. Yeah. That was one of those wild characters that, uh, that people have, that have kind of slipped under the radar. I think there's like, you know, whole generations that don't know those kind of, those characters, you know, the underdogs, the Hong Kong Fuis, those were kind of different characters, you know, uh, than people are used to. So in like, 
in your like elementary, middle school, high school, did you have a a passion for art back then? Were you in in was that part of you? Yeah, I I did to a certain extent. I I was big into comic books, and what I liked to draw was I I always liked to copy the. I wasn't, I, I was never really into creating my own images. I was into copying, trying to draw the comic book images, yeah. you know, um, that was kind of my thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I drew quite a bit. My, my father was fairly artistic and I think that's where I probably got the bug. Excellent. Excellent. Well, can you tell us about like your first creative experience with art? Like where is the origin of this? Is it like, where does that start from? You know, my, I think, uh, as I mentioned, you know, my, my father was pretty artistic. He could, he could, uh, sketch, um, pretty good. He, he, and I remember him doing stuff with us when we were young and I was always just really impressed with his ability to, um, to, to, to draw and paint, um, and just be creative in general, you know, come up with ideas. We, we were making t-shirts back then. He, he would help us, we would come up with a concept and then he would, help us make uh, a screen print and like old school, you know, like keeping it in the dark and everything. And, uh, and uh, that's kind of what I first remember. Um, you know, th- the first artistic push was him, him doing those sorts of things, making, just being creative in general, all sorts of different projects. He was good at woodworking as well. And so just that, that level of creativity was, was very interesting to me. Yeah. And definitely sounds like you had a, a family support to pursue anything that that you wanted to it sounds like that for sure yeah definitely definitely um so let's see um uh as an artist what are some of your like go-to tools that you need to be successful you talked about the ipad you talked about the the uh, um the apple pencil the ipad i don't even know what it's called mm. but, uh, what are some of the other go-to tools outside of that realm that you need to be successful you know i um uh, I use, I've, I've started using a projector occasionally with more intricate stuff. Um, I was, I, I can get by with certain characters, um, especially like the Simpsons. I drew a lot of the Simpsons. So I can get by the Simpsons pretty good, but some characters and some nuanced characters and poses are tough. So I'll use a projector. So I do use a projector occasionally, especially on much larger work. Cause you got to get it right. I wish I knew Photoshop. One of my struggles, uh, one thing I do a lot of is um, I'll, I'll, I'll execute a concept on a smaller movie poster before I execute it on a larger poster that I have to linen back and really invest money in, in a lot of time. Um, and that's because I can't really mock it up. I have to kind of, you know, I don't have the ability to mock it up in Photoshop really. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll execute a smaller version of it to see how it comes out. And, and sometimes it, sometimes I like it and sometimes I'm, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't ultimately work out, but, um, I'll use a projector occasionally. Um, and that's really the only other, you know, that's really the only other kind of obvious tool that I use. Um, I'd love to know how to linen back these posters myself. Cause that's, that gets pretty expensive. Um, so someday I'm going to have the time and the space to, to mess with that. But, other than that, you know, I just paint acrylics. I use a ton of gesso okay. um, to lay a foundation for the work. But yeah, I just paint acrylics and go at it. It's excellent, excellent, man. So let's talk about these cartoons, but and let's talk about the like a uh, um, just 
your what why you get down with them so much they're they're have there it's a huge influence on on what you produce we've been talking about it briefly right now let's really dive into it and it's also incorporate um were you a saturday morning cereal and cartoons type of guy oh uh, yeah 100 percent. i mean i was that was you know i think i think you know the 80s and early 90s i mean people that grew up during that time you know that's when there weren't three four tvs in a household you know what I mean? There wasn't, you couldn't DVR something, you know, um, you know, kids didn't have the same say in what was on TV or the, or the options, right. Or, or stuff that was on TV for kids. But that in the, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I think a lot of people that are, that are in and around my age, I mean, I was born in 78. I mean, you know, a lot of people that were, grew up in the eighties and early nineties. I mean, that was your time. That was your scheduled time where you could watch TV, you know, first thing in the morning, maybe a little bit right after school, but that like, you know, really early. I mean, cause I know this, you know, my parents went to work before my brother and I went to school and we were, you know, kindergarten, first grade, going to school by ourselves, walking to school, you know, I locked the door, but it was like, when GI Joe is over, that's when you leave for school. That's, that's what, we, that's what we knew. That was like the rule. <laughs> like when GI Joe goes off in the morning, that's when you walk to school. But yeah, Saturday mornings was like, you know, you got that like, you know, hour to hour and a half window to watch some cartoons and that, that was kind of your time on the TV. So, and then, and then, you know, as I got a little bit older, um, the Simpsons was like a huge influence, uh, for us. That's the first show that I ever remember. Like you'd watch everybody watch this, everybody watch the Simpsons and you come into school the next day talking about what happened on the Simpsons, you know? So that's why you see, I, I do a lot with the Simpsons. I mean, that's, uh, I used to practice drawing the Simpsons a lot and, but that was a, that was a big influence, but yeah, I was, you know, Voltron, He-Man, GI Joe, heavy, uh, Thundercats, uh, you know, before that, like Looney Tunes, you know, uh, real big Looney Tunes. When I was growing up, I have very fond memories of watching the Looney Tunes. Um, yeah. Um, so what about the cereal, man? We talk about that where you, do you have like a favorite cereal back then that you would just get down on? I love it. It was pretty. You're, who were you? Who were you? What were you Puffs back then. That was. Uh, I think we pretty. We were. We didn't have a ton of cash, but we were getting kind of one. We were getting pretty much like Frosted Flakes was pretty much the move for the longest time. You know, I remember eating. I mean, just boxes upon boxes and boxes of Frosted Flakes, and I think at some point, uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch was our move for for a while too. You can't uh, go wrong those with those yeah, I got a box of it at the house right now. <laughs> even the OG, the OG squares, even the yeah. uh, they're all tremendous. That one, they're, they're yeah, all, yeah, yeah, they're great. Yeah, but that was us sitting on the floor eating a bowl of cereal and watching cartoons. That was definitely that was definitely Saturday morning for sure. Did you so? Do you did you dabble into like the Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon era? Yeah, a, a little bit. You know, it's really it's really funny too. It's and one of the things that I think was a real driver of me getting back into or, or at, like how I ended up doing the art that I'm doing is that when I had my, my girls were into cartoons and especially movies, especially little like cartoon movies, like, you know, like little mermaid and finding Nemo and stuff. And I always tell people, it's like, I mean, I, I've seen, you know, they were born in 2008, 2006, my two older girls. And, uh, I mean, I saw all those Disney movies, all those movies all over again. I watched all the cartoons, over again because that's what was on tv you know and so that i think that played a a role in in kind of bringing that back up out of me uh but uh you know i they both loved love movies so 
that's cool to have that to, to relive that that's that's very exciting um yeah so let's see uh so you you reproduce you you take your own take on these characters who are some of your favorite characters to draw and on the flip side, who are some of the characters that you struggle with? It is like, man, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. That's just too, that's, I've tried it once before and it's just a pain. I, I don't want to do that again. You know, I like this. I like the Simpsons, um, you know, and, and there's such a huge body of work. So it's interesting, you know, the Simpsons and a lot of the Simpsons was definitely one of the earliest cartoons that was referencing popular culture. And so there's a tremendous amount of movie references in The Simpsons already. And so it's very easy to find crossovers and parallels because they're referencing movies. And nowadays you've got, you know, Rick and Morty, Bob's Burgers, Family Guy, Archer. They all do that. They got that from The Simpsons. Um, You know, those are definitely, you know, easier ones to draw. Um, I I find that the Disney characters are tough for me. I I wish I could, I wish I could, I need some more practice on Disney characters, but I, there's a, you know, I'm a huge fan of, um, you know, Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, Pinocchio, some of those movies. um, I need some more work on They're tough, but the characters are more, a little more complex than, you know, Bob's Burgers or, or a Simpsons, you know, Um, characters are fairly simple these days. and, And yeah. And they were much more complex back then. Uh, so the older stuff is much more difficult for me. Yeah, I, I take that because I, I see your um, uh, deer hunter poster with Bambi there. That's a a, a little take on mm-hmm. uh, that's what made you how'd you how, how'd you stumble upon like getting that poster and doing putting that print on that. So that that's interesting, right? So that poster, there's I I tend to like foreign versions of posters better because they were they had uh, go ahead. There's a lot more detail, and it's just like uh, there's some hidden aspects to it to it as well that uh, we don't just get when we when we get a poster, a U.S. print poster. So there's a lot more of like mysterious. So the so the foreign posters are definitely. Yeah, the foreign posters were definitely, there's more art involved in the foreign posters. U.S. posters were always much more commercial. Um, that particular Deer Hunter poster was deemed too aggressive for the U.S., okay. you know? Um, so that version's never appeared over here. That was, that was a foreign, that was, that's simply in Italy and France. Um, Germany, I think, had, you know, the, uh, England, the U.K. had that, that version. But that was deemed too aggressive, uh, that imagery, you know, with him holding a gun to his head and everything. Um, and so, you know, I, I actually, that, that, that deer hunter poster, I've, I've got a kind of a different version or different take on that, that I want to do still with the Bambi theme. But, um, you know, I, I always look back as Bambi is like, and just, you know, Bambi's mother dying. And that's pretty heavy for a little kid, you know, to understand and get, I mean, it's, you know, as far as, as far as Disney movies go, you know, it's pretty heavy, uh, subject matter. And, and, um, deer hunter has always been a favorite of mine. And so just one of those heavy, heavy movies, like, you know, taxi driver or apocalypse now or something like that. I mean, just the whole tone of it is dark. Um, and so I thought, I thought that made for a good, uh, you know, for a good mix. I, I, I potentially might do another version that's showing the contrast between how heavy that imagery is and like some happier aspects of Bambi, you know, some lighter aspects of Bambi. Um, but I, I actually still have that, that, uh, that poster, that painting it's, uh, on loan out in LA uh, on view right now. 
No, that's a sick print. That's a sick poster as well. I uh, really like that one. So let's see. Uh, um, let's talk about the Simpsons real quick. Do you, who are your favorite characters? Drop like three to five of them on there. Oh uh, man, uh, for sure, Mr. Burns. Okay. Um, uh, for sure, Chief Wiggum. <laughs> um, uh, I like Nelson. Okay, months. And then yeah, and then um, and then uh, I don't know who after that. Uh, groundskeeper Willie probably rounds it out. Is my like my favorite, like really kind of random characters, you know? Yeah, no, those are great. Do you remember the bunnies? Wasn't there some bunnies in there? Didn't they used to have like these two white bunnies? I remember like that. Those were part of Matt's. I don't know if it might have been outside of the Simpsons realm, but it was very much in like the itchy and scratchy uh, um, theme. But there were two bunnies. Do you remember? Yeah, I think the, I think those were, I think those were outside of the Simpsons. But yeah, I remember the I remember the ones you're talking about. Um, itchy and scratchy is another good one. I, I've got some pieces that I don't even know if I've ever even uh, posted or shown anybody with itchy and scratchy that I've done some crossover pieces. I've done with some old uh, Tom and Jerry. Oh, that's cool. um, lobby cards that I've done. Um, but yeah, uh, itchy and scratchy was always great just because of how graphic it was. It was so in your face and over the top yeah. that, you know, you almost couldn't be mad at it. It was like almost so graphic that it wasn't even violent. You know, were you watching it on the Tracy Ullman show when it started there? No, I, I, after, I caught it after that when, when it went to Fox. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Like I can relate on the, the whole Simpsons appreciation thing. Cause with just growing up, there was a time slot on Fox. that was like, um, I think it was six. Yeah. Six to seven or maybe even five to six was a, an, a block, an hour of the Simpsons. And then, no, no, it started, it opens up with, I think, 30 minutes of Seinfeld and then it rolls into one episode of the Simpsons. And at the time I, it was at the start of the hour, whatever it may be, probably six. Mm. And I didn't, at that time I was like, fuck, it's going to be, the, it's, it's a, uh, the Seinfeld, it's Seinfeld on now. And then, and then it's the Simpsons. Then I get to watch that. Mm. But I'm now I'm a huge, a huge, huge fan of uh, Seinfeld. And I guess that's what did it for me is I guess the Simpsons kind of puts me right into the Seinfeld appreciation that I have because I would have to wait through the through Seinfeld and then get right into the Simpsons what I wanted to. Um, but I guess I started watching that and I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. I, I get this. I like it. But, yeah, I, I, like I said, that was the first I mean, that's the first thing I remember, like, you know, everybody at school was excited it was coming on. And then, like, as soon as you got into school, you were talking about what happened on the Simpsons the night before yeah that's good stuff it's definitely changed now i don't even know what what they would talk i don't know i guess uh the anime is huge now so yeah we're in that discussion and stuff like that but i don't know it's not really it's not the same that was uh like i don't know cartoon americana right there in its heyday yeah yeah and and you know the series i do um i don't know if you've seen but the only thing i really paint on outside of movie posters is um authentic uh u.s home front propaganda posters i don't know if you've seen any of those um i, uh, I think i saw a recent one maybe i don't know yeah what? so i i randomly started coming across um when i would buy you know posters in bulk i would come across like all sorts of random paper items you know um old old newspapers would randomly be in bulk purchases and uh, I, I got my first, uh, you know, original World War One U.S. home front propaganda poster. And it was like in tatters. But it was really interesting, right? Because those posters, 
they portray this ideal of what America is and what the American family is and what the, you know, what are supposed to be American values. Right. And so I really thought it was interesting to kind of, you know, integrate the Simpsons into those because, you know, in my mind, the Simpsons is a much more realistic look at what, you know, it's a very, very truthful look at what America is, what the American dynamic, you know, family dynamic is, you know what I mean? Um, And so it was was the idea the Simpsons are just such a drastic departure from what's being portrayed in those, in those posters. Um, Yeah. I thought, I thought it just made for, you know, really good, uh, uh, a really good theme. So I've, I've intentionally not really sold many of those. Um, You know, one of the weird things about me being an artist is, you know, it's not paying the bills. So I find myself very selfish with my art. I mean, I'll throw something out there and if I'm not going to get what I think it's worth, I'm just going to keep it. Do you know what I mean? Um, And so those I've intentionally held on to, um, but I've been kind of working my way through a number of characters. Um, I've certainly done uh, Homer, Bart, Lisa, Marge. Um, I've done one or two with Mr. Burns. I've done one that's a, a really famous Norman Rockwell uh, World War II uh, poster, authentic World War II poster. I, I put Ned Flanders into it. It was about freedom of religion, so I put Ned Flanders into it. Um, yeah, uh, those. That, that's really the only thing I paint outside of movie posters, though, is those, those older World War I posters. Gotcha. Do you have um, – are they in the house a lot, uh, posted anywhere? Uh, yeah, those, um, I don't have any of those up right now, but I do keep some of my own art up in the house. Um, uh, I try to mix it up. I've been trying to, you know, circulate the art through the house. I've been buying more original art from people lately. So I've been kind of moving some of my stuff that I keep out of my studio, but I do hang my work in the studio. The oldest, the oldest, most valuable poster that I own, um, and have painted on is a uh is a world war one poster i actually won at auction okay um i beat out the library of congress for this poster the library of congress was was bidding on it man that's great um, yeah and they reached they reached out to me after the auction um and uh tried and wanted to acquire it and it's messed up i'd already painted on it when they reached out to me oh. and uh yeah they were upset i got a lot of like trolls online i think i think whoever i was dealing with or communicating with there i think they leaked my I think they leaked my name and stuff to people because I started getting all this like hate mail. Like, how could you paint on this thing? This is like American history. What have you done? You know? Um, and I'm like, well, I mean, if it was so important, they should have bid more for it then, you know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, but I actually painted a Scrooge McDuck into it. And again, just drawing the contrast between, you know um, you know, I think the poster, the theme of the poster was like, you know, you should be contributing your money to the war effort. And so I had, and it was like this war chest of, and people like tossing coins into it as a contribution. And I, uh, and I painted Scrooge McDuck diving into it, um, <laughs> from off the poster. So that was, uh, I remember being super, super nervous about that. I think there's, that's one of the rarest, I believe it's the, that poster was in, there's only two or three of those posters that exist. And that one was certainly in the best condition of all of them that do still exist. That's that went, man. We've never had that either. Just the discussion of uh, some, uh, a guest here versus the library of Congress, man, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. They were pissed. And, and I, and I run into that occasionally um, with, with older, 
uh, fairly rare movie posters, you know, people really take offense um, because, because especially older posters, I mean, you have to think about it. They're, they're limited edition, right? I mean, you get something, you know, I always tell people, you know, I got a, you know, French Grande from Enter the Dragon. I mean, how many screens did Enter the Dragon screen on in France in 73? I mean, not that many, yeah. you know, some dozens possibly, right? And and how many posters were saved from back then? You know, very few. So these posters are, are pretty rare, um, especially larger posters are pretty rare. Yeah, yeah. I got I got a couple. I've got like a, a, a huge large poster of Speed, and I was thinking yeah. while we were uh, while I was prepping for this, it would be crazy to put like the Magic School Bus because I think there's the bus on the front, but you could throw the Magic School Bus on there. That'd be pretty. Yeah, yeah. I've had some. I've, I've got a couple of Speed posters. There's this really funny uh, Bob's Burgers episode <laughs> where where it's like it's like a Speed crossover. I forget what he's trying to do, but. You know, it's the same kind of theme and vibe, and it's yeah. it's a lot, a lot stolen from the movie Speed. So I've considered doing one of those, but and I think there's even an Archer episode where they where they reference the movie Speed as well. I love that movie Speed. That's one I I, I love that movie. Yeah, the first one was tremendous. The second one, yeah. that's go for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if I've seen the second one, but the first one that's yeah, it's that's one of those ones. If I see it on TV, I just I'll leave it on. I'll, you can watch that from anywhere. Oh yeah, that's great. Um, have you ever gotten any posters directly from the theater? Uh, no. And only because, you know, I really don't do a lot with new posters, um, for, for a couple of reasons. One, I I usually am just not as excited about the imagery in new posters. They're very commercial. You know, I think there's, I think that, and and I don't want to knock there's, there's definitely, there's definitely some creative shops that, that still do turn out, you know, good movie imagery. Um, but in general, I, I don't like, I, I personally don't like the imagery as much. Um, they're much tougher to paint on. Um, you know, after the, like starting in the late nineties, um, there's, you know, they're all, they're all glossy finish. It's a different kind of paper. And so they're really tricky to paint on. Um, you know, that being said, I, I have enjoyed painting on, um, some of the newer Daniel Craig bond stuff I've done. I've done some, some of the, I've painted some of those. Um, I've got a, a really large poster for the movie Black Panther that I'm that I'm teeing up to paint on. All right. I mean, there's some certain movies that I'll that I'll that I'll you know that I'll work on. I've got some larger Matrix posters that are that are in the queue to get painted eventually. But um, yeah, that's why I really don't connect with the with the uh, theaters in general. And I think they're a lot more strict. You know, they're all very corporate these days and, you know, they get sent something this very specifically has to happen to the merchandise after they get it. You know, they're not just handing stuff out. Yeah. I like your, um, the Batman, the Tim Burton one with the, the Joker in the center of it. I think that one's excellent, man. I really like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what, that, is, that was a really, really early one. That's probably, that's probably late 2014, early 2015. That one. That's cool. Tell us about this, uh, um, the shining one that you did where it's got Nicholson and you got, uh, uh, instead of Lloyd, you got Moses like in there. How did you like come across getting that one? Yeah. So those are actually two, uh, jumbo, jumbo lobby cards. Um, those aren't necessarily posters. Those are jumbo cards. Those are probably something like 15 by 20, maybe. Um, something like that. Um, I got those as a set uh, of, uh, from the movie shining, but those are the two that I wanted very specifically. 
And again, you know, for me, that was kind of a straightforward one because the Simpsons had, has done, uh, you know, they did a treehouse of horror, you know, uh, specifically. So, you know, you know, sometimes it's not just me being super creative. I just love the idea of taking that mashup that's already kind of been done and actually integrating it into the poster. Yeah. Um, but that was a no brainer just cause it worked out so well. Those are another two that I kept. I, I had somebody that the price wasn't right. I'm like, I'll keep them. These are cool. You know, I did prints of those two though. I, I did some, I did like a, a limited edition, like four or five of each of those and, and sold them at one point. That's cool. No, that's, that, uh, that's a solid piece right there. I like that stuff. Um, but again, it's just the collabs, just the mashups that, uh, that you're doing. And, and, and like stumbling across this one right here, you got the genie on the good morning Vietnam, the whole rock. Oh yeah. 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 I like that a lot. Freaks and geeks. I got to go check this out. Hit the IG, the Max Henry Fraser IG, and you're going to get the, a lot of that. Uh, just you're going to get full exposure to to what he's doing there. It's tremendous. Let's talk about this Kung Fu madness, this Kung Fu just uh, experience. What's up with that? How'd you get into that? I didn't have anything prepared on that. I'm a, I, I dig Kung Fu a lot and I dig Bruce Lee. We've talked about him a whole lot mm. on the podcast, but um, where does that tie in with you? I, you know, I, I got into Kung Fu movies, you know, later in life just because they were so wild. I mean, you know, the storyline, the, the fight scenes, I mean, they were just these wild productions, so different from anything else that was going on in the 70s or 80s. I mean, they were like in this whole silo by themselves, you know, and um, and and beyond that, I the the imagery on those posters is always pretty cool, you know, um, so. Uh, you know, I grew up at the time, you know, I was a big Chuck Norris fan too. So, you know, between his posters and Kung Fu posters, I've, I've probably got one of the larger Kung Fu poster collections in North America. Um, at this point, yeah, I've got hundreds, hundreds of titles, um, you know, uh, and, and a lot of larger posters, Italian two panels, you know, French grandes from these, these posters. Um, but, a, but a pretty, pretty significant, uh, us, uh, movie poster collection with, with Kung Fu titles as well. Um, but I just love the imagery. They're great. I mean, you know, they're always, they're, they're always just like so extreme, extreme. Somebody's like flying through the air, chopping somebody's head off or something. It's just, the imagery is just so wild. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. And sometimes they're drawn or sometimes they're photo, you know, I, I, I like that aspect of it too. Old, old, uh, uh, old things to appreciate just, uh, um, details, you know, you no longer really see and stuff. You've talked about that with the, the modern poster as well. Yeah. Let's, they just don't do that with posters anymore. No, you know, no, no, no. Freaks and geeks. Let me talk to you real quick about the sponsor of the podcast, Green Belt Botanicals. Green Belt Botanicals is the most trustworthy and reputable CBD dispensary and retailer in the Austin area. And maybe you're listening from outside the Austin area or outside the state or beyond. Make sure you hit them up at greenbeltbotanicals.com. They have just an amazing surplus, an amazing variety of CBD tinctures, CBD smokables, CBD pre-rolls. They even carry a couple of strains of Delta 8 THC in tinctures in pre-rolls and in smokables as well and they're just ever ever expanding their products by the day if you're looking for cbd dog treats for your four-legged friends they've got some amazing amazing options as well if you're looking for cbd teas if you're looking for cbd chocolates if you're looking for cbd taffy cbd topical cbd infused waters they got it and they got so much more make sure you hit them up either in store or online at greenbeltbotanicals.com and 
Use the official Freaks and Geeks promo code to get 15% off your purchase. That's FOOTDOCTOR15, all caps, F-O-O-T-D-R-1-5, just like I said, get 15% off your purchase at Greenbelt Botanicals and GreenbeltBotanicals.com. Support the sponsor because the sponsor supports the podcast. Now let's get back to the show. Let's really dive into film now. So we've kind of talked about the the poster collection. We talked about film in uh, like the beginning segments of this podcast. But tell us some of your favorite films that you really get down with and appreciate. Uh, I mean the old the older ones. I would say you know the the '80s movies. I was digging Lost Boys, yeah. Wall Street. You know, Revenge of the Nerds. I remember loving that. Um, uh, Scarface is a, a huge Scarface fan. I got a ton of Scarface posters. I probably have about every Scarface poster that's out there. Um, you know, some of the newer stuff, I, I think I've kind of drifted more just because I, I feel like they're not making the same types of movies these days. I, I watch more uh, sci-fi. I, lo- I love the Matrix trilogy. Um, you excited about the new one? Yes, I am. That's going to be great. That's going to be great. Um, yeah, excited about the Matrix uh trilogy um you know heavier movies too deer hunter taxi driver apocalypse now you know those are movies that you, you know that those are going to stand the test of time i mean those movies are excellent um the godfather series is another big one um, did you watch the joker by chance i did i did i enjoyed it i enjoyed it um i like these days um you know, uh, comic book character movies are always excellent. Um, you know, you can let the story slide. I'm a big fan of the Avengers, all the Mar- the Marvel Universe movies. You know, those are just kind of like, uh, um, I don't want to call them mindless fun because, I, you know, maybe that's taking away from somebody. But it's just like you can tune out. You don't have to, you know, it's not, it's not a heavy movie. Um, it's just something you can kind of just enjoy, you know. Um, those are movies that, I, those are the types of movies that I'll have on in the, in the, in the background, a lot of the Marvel Universe stuff. You can just have it on in the background. You can, you know, pick it up and watch it at any time. Um, but I, I've been, you know, 80s and 90s, 80s, early 90s is kind of like my sweet spot for the movies that that I are like my go-to, you know. I'm um, getting ready to do a Top Gun piece. I was watching Top Gun yesterday. Okay. I mean, that movie's like near perfect, you know. I mean, that movie's excellent. Um, right? Is it the, what is that, Maverick? Yeah, the that's going to be good. I'll check that one out for sure. Um, but yeah, that was, that was, that was a great movie. Uh, Top Gun. Who were some of your favorite actors, actors and actresses as well? Uh, you know, uh, for sure. Like, you know, the, the, the go-to old school guys, man. Um, uh, Pacino, De Niro. I mean, everything those guys touches gold. Um, I like, go ahead. Nicholson for sure. For me. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, you know, he's in classics like, you know, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is probably my favorite thing he's ever done. I loved him in Batman, too. I mean, you know, as campy and wild as that first Batman was, as bad as Michael Keaton was at as, as Batman, I mean, he just carried that whole movie as the Joker, you know? Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I mean, I, I like a lot of action stars, Um uh, you know, like Stallone. I mean, you know, the Rambo movies were always great to me. I, that was because I was a kid when, you know, everybody wanted to be Rambo, yeah. you know. Um, I like Tom Cruise. I love-hate relationship with Tom Cruise and some of the movies he does, you know. 
Um, some of his older stuff was, was, you know, his classics like the Top Gun. He made some stuff that was just, you know, kind of a money grab. But, um, you know, I, I cut a pretty wide section of movies. I mean, you know, romantic comedies, not so much. But outside of that, I'm watching kind of whatever, you know. I've got my brother. My, my brother has a, has a very interesting taste uh, in movies in general. And so I'm always getting, I usually discover a lot of really random movies through him. You know, Nicolas Cage. I can't, I can't, I can't get off of this without mentioning Nicolas Cage. Okay. I, I love Nicolas Cage right. because of how wild everything he does is. I mean, I, I can watch it, you know, I will force myself to sit through some Nicolas Cage movies, you know, but Vampire's Kiss is like way up high on my all time favorites list. Uh-huh. because of how wild it is and um you know he's he's been in some he's been in some good movies yeah he has definitely con air that's one yeah yeah classic again great great movie right i mean you know where it's like traditionally you wouldn't think of it as a great movie but it's kind of like speed right i mean that's con air is like to me like speed you know good movie you know? i think he killed that national treasure though that yeah, was- those are those are fun. Yeah, those are fun. I mean, you know, I, I, I've even forced myself. I mean, he's been making movies out of like Belarus or something for like the last six years or whatever, like talking about like three a week. But, you know, you even get through some of those and they're pretty wild. I can't think of the name. He's got this new one where he's like stuck at a at an abandoned theme park that's like haunted or something. And he's like in there killing like, you know, uh, I don't know, is wild. But uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Nicolas Cage. Got Face it. off, super yeah. classic. Yeah. You know, The Rock. He was so good oh. in The Rock. That's one of my yes. Man, <laughs> those are some heaters right there. They, they yeah, stop by. I gotcha. No, you're right. You're right. Um, what's a film that you can just throw on at any time, whenever, and just have it on repeat? Just one or two that that is just good for you. I know you dropped some of the Marvel stuff, Marvel stuff, but outside of that realm, like just one film. Uh, it's a go-to wall street. I'll put on wall street. I've seen wall street a million times. Scarface. I can watch Scarface just on in the background on repeat. Um, for whatever reason, some of the Indiana Jones movies are kind of fun. You don't have to really pay attention. Kind of anytime you look up in the movie, there's something going on. That, that's kind of for me, what, what fits that bill, right? If, if I don't have to necessarily, the movie's so, not so deep that I have to pay attention to what's going on, but you can kind of look up and, you know, wherever you're at in the movie. Cause when I paint, I like to have uh, something on in the background. And like, when you want to take a break or pick your head up, it can't be like, Oh, I don't know what just happened in the movie. You know, you just want to be able to kind of something familiar, but at wall street, um, the movie Friday. Oh, definitely. The, definitely. The first, the first matrix. Yeah. Um, predator. That's another one. I catch myself watching late night a lot, turning on predator. One um, for me is uh, uh, Happy Gilmore. I can throw that bad boy on and just. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I love that. <laughs> a lot of Adam Sandler stuff. I can, you can do that too. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like his older stuff. His newer stuff, not so much. But Happy Gilmore, that's a classic. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about like characters specifically. Like, what are some of your favorite character movie characters? It could be animated, or it can be just a uh, uh, a, a character as well. Um, uh, Nicholas Cage's character in Vampire's Kiss. Okay. Um, Kurt Russell's character in Big Trouble in Little China. I yeah. love that guy. Um, Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Gordon Gecko in in Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Who else? Uh, 
Uh, um, For me, Tim, I mean, the uh, Escape from New York. Yeah, that's a good one. I've I've got a lot of those posters too. Uh, that's a, that's real high on my sci-fi on my sci-fi list. Uh, Escape from New York. Yeah, that's true. yeah. He he was good in that. He, Kurt Russell's done a lot of good uh, done a lot of good stuff. Um, I liked. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else here. Um, De Niro's character in Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Pacino's character in Scarface. I mean, uh, I forget the actor's name, but you know, Manolo and Scarface was a great character to me. Like one of the best, like kind of sidekick secondary kind of supporting characters to me. Um, yeah, that's, that's, those are, those are my top ones. That's good, man. That's good. Yeah. Those are some definitely heavy hitters right there. I don't know. One kind of guy that comes to mind for me is, uh, uh, not, and it's, he's kind of out of left field, John Goodman. When John Goodman gets on there, he can just kill anything really, man. Yeah. 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 He did big Lebowski. He was so good in that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) He did that Cloverfield lane too. That second. Oh yeah. 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 That's a wild movie. That's a wild movie. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. That's a wild movie. I forgot about him in that, but yeah, he's good in that. I liked him in uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Too. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, and I think he was in uh, uh, League of Their Own too. I believe he was in League of Their Own. Yeah, he's he's had he's had a pretty storied career. You know, he he was never he, he wasn't like the the out front lead. You know, very much, but uh, but definitely. I mean, he was uh, he was always he always left his mark on the movie. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. What about directors? I was going to ask you about Kubrick a second ago, but I, I'll ask you now. You have any like what? What's your take on him, or, or and some of your favorite directors as well? Yeah, I would say you know um, James Cameron's way up there. Um, you know, with Terminator and Rambo and Avatar. You know, those Avatar movies have been forever. You know, I've been waiting for those for what ten years now. We've been waiting for those coming back out. Um, but uh, Ridley Scott. Oh yeah. Um, he always makes good movies, you know, um, Scorsese, you can't go wrong. Um, De Palma, you can't go wrong. Um, you know, cause I, I mean, I love Carlito's way. That's a random movie, but it's no, I love that. high up there. Yeah. That's that, that people sleep on that movie. I, I, I run into more people that have never seen that, you know, more people. Um, like a lot of people will uh, praise, praise, praise Scarface, and then on the other on the other spectrum, like I've never seen Carlito's Way. Carlito's Way is a smash. I like the acting yeah. more on that one. I like the uh, um, the pursuit or just the vision that that uh, Pacino did in that one. And the accent for me is honestly better in Carlito's Way. It's almost like country like accent. Like I don't know. I, I I one of the things I really appreciate about Carlito's Way was that there were a lot of memorable characters in that movie. You know, sometimes you go through a movie and it's like, hey, there's the main character, there might, there might be some sort of supporting character that's along for the ride too, but that movie had a lot of really, really strong characters in it, you know, memorable characters in it. Because um, Sean Penn was great in that. Sean Penn killed it. Viggo Mortensen killed it. That's the highlight. This yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm a big Viggo Mortensen fan. Eastern Promises is one of my, is pro- probably Eastern Promises and History of Violence are, are, are movies I can always watch too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. And to just catch him like that is, is a tremendous treat to just pop up like that and kill it too. Kill it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I like John Leguizamo in that. Oh, <laughs> Benny yeah. Blanco from the Bronx. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the, oh. <laughs> 
That's what cuts it all off right there. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. So uh last question on the film, man. Um, just tell us some of the films that you think we should see. I mean, aside from everything that you we've talked about, uh, those are a lot of references, but give us like one or two that's like if you have not seen this, you need to go see it now because it's just gonna do everything for you. I mean, just um I don't know. I'd, for one, I'd say I'd say Eastern Promises okay. is a random movie that I run into people that haven't seen it all the time. And I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a great movie. Vampire's Kiss, if you want something weird, that's that's old school Nick Cage being as wild as as wild as he can be. Um, um what else? A most violent year. Have you seen that one? No, I have not. Who's that? I, I can't think of the oh, I can't think of the actors in that one. Um it's two people you'd know, but it's set in the eighties. It's a it's a um uh kind of crime thriller uh set in the eighties. Um so it's a good one, most violent year. That's a good one. Valhalla Rising is a wild movie that I love with uh this guy's name Mads Milkinson is his name. I think I know. I think I've seen that one a couple of times. There's almost no talking in the whole movie. The yeah. first like hour, there's nobody says anything. Oh, that's a good one. That's a great one. I do like that one a lot. I yeah, that's a really bizarre movie, but it's Brandon, good. I was in a bar in like New York with a, a buddy of mine, Duff Harris, and uh, um, that one popped on. And, and I think we had talked about it prior. And I was like, hey, that's that. Like, oh, it was great. It was, I, I dug it a whole lot. Yeah, strange but good, right? You have to be in the right kind of mood to watch that one. I mean, that's not just something you pop on on a Saturday morning, but. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, I like epics, too. They really don't make epics anymore, you know, just like big, big movies. And I find a lot of people kind of, you know, I, I love films, so I've seen a lot of, like, just big movies, you know, like, uh, um, uh, I'm trying to think of, of, of a good one, like, um, big movies like like uh, Lawrence of Arabia and, like, Cleopatra and just, like, just big, big epic movies, Ten Commandments, yeah. you know? um spartacus i mean i i my dad dug all those movies so i so i watch those and i i think people i'm always shocked that people haven't seen any of those you know big big movies from back in the day um uh so i always encourage people to try to like go back and, and start watching those again you know I gotcha. I gotcha. Those are some good ones, man. I, I liked it. I like it. Let's move on to like, uh, uh, the phone. Like we got one more section, then we'll just close it on that with a little conclusion, but this is like the meaning. So what does art mean to you? Um, yeah, go for it, man. What does art mean to you? I mean, for me, art is, is, um, is, I use art as, as a real creative release. Mm -hmm. I think one of the best things it's done for me is provides kind of a creative balance to, the other work that I do, you know, um, I think, I, I think, you know, people should find something that is going to, that is going to balance. And I don't just mean like family work. I mean, like, you know, using, you, you, trying to use both sides of your brain, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and for me, that's one of the biggest things that it's done. It's, it's a, it's a, a much more positive, um, kind of outlet than, you know, lots of other stuff I used to get into. So, um, for me, that's, that, that's what it's kind of been. I mean, if, and, and I will say though, that some, sometimes the art does stress me out too, but, but by and large, you know, messing something up or ruin a poster, but, but by and large, uh, 
it's, it's, it's been a really good creative outlet for me. Uh, and, it, and you kind of zoom in on it. You, you, you're so focused on it that everything else has to kind of go by the wayside for a little while. You have to kind of get into a, a zone and work on it. And I think that's, that's good, you know, kind of eliminating all the rest of the noise in your life for a couple of hours kind of refreshes you when you step back into the, to the real world, you know? Yeah. So let's talk about like your finished product. So when you, when you look at your finished product, you're finished, just your creation, when it's all done, it's all said and done, it's there. What stories did they hold for you? I, um, you know, one thing that I think I'll keep painting, I'll keep painting. I, I'm one of, and I, and I talk to other artists about this and, and so I'm, uh, you know, there's a lot of times I paint something and I look at it and I'm like, I love this. I'm not, I'm not even going to sell this. I'm not even going to post it. Like, I just love this and I'm going to keep it. And I think I'll, I'll keep painting as long as that's the case, you know? Um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty lucky in that, you know, painting doesn't pay the bills, whatever you'll give me for it, you know, um, and what goes into it cost is Photoshop actually painted onto the poster. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the finished product for me, I'm, I've, the way my, I, I always liked in, when I grew up doing art, I liked black and white tight lines. That's why I like cartoons because it's all very, you know, tight, you know, it's not loosey goosey. It's not abstract. It's, it's just an object, you know? And, uh, and so it's very, you know, I, I best way to describe it is very clean imagery you know and so um uh it's very satisfying when i can execute something just right it got integrated into the poster the way i wanted it to it came out all right um you know the execution is nice and tight and it's very very satisfying feeling for me and sometimes i'm telling you i mean one of the the people that support me one of their biggest complaints that you know i i i mean i bet you i don't post but like a third of what I produce. And in the last year, I probably haven't, I probably haven't posted a 10th of what I've produced in the last year, you know? Um, so maybe that's just me not getting with the, you know, with, with, uh, the age and handling social media the way I should to be a contemporary artist. But, um, you know, a lot of it, I just paint just cause I want to, and I like it, you know, I, I always struggle with, sometimes I, I, I come up with these really random mashups that I wanted to do. And I'm like, nobody's, nobody's going to be into this or buy this. I mean, this is so odd and random, you know, that, that this is not going to work for people. Um, but I'm not really painting it for anybody else. I'm painting it for myself. So, um, you know, I, I, sometimes I just get an itch and I've got to execute against something and when I'm done. I'm like, Oh, great. Yeah. That's, that's what I, that's what I wanted, you know, but my intention isn't to like sell it or flip it or showcase it to everybody, you know? Well, that, that's, um, that, that, that's not your intention. Cause I feel like when, when that really kicks in and it's like, Oh, I have to do this to survive. It's like, it, it's pressing and you can be, uh, um, I don't know. You can burn out a lot quicker on that level when you're doing it for the love of just yourself and your appreciation and why you like to do it for, for you, then that's where, uh, that's where it's still clean, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I, there's been a couple of times when I've been pressing either f- to do a show or to, to execute a commission that I really wasn't interested in where it, it, you know, you do get that feeling. You're like, this isn't, this isn't what I'm doing this for. You know? Um, I will say though, with commissions, I've been really pleasantly surprised at how creative people are when they, you know, and how random they are, uh, when they, when they kind of want a commission from me, you know? Um, because I was always very hesitant to take on a commission, just because I'm like, I'm executing somebody else's kind of vision 
And then I, I did a couple and, uh, and they were, they were pretty cool. I mean, people's ideas are, are pretty wild. Once they kind of get their head around what I'm doing, um, I usually tell people to, you know, you know, I usually try to have people start with either a movie or a character. Very rarely do people bring me both that they want done. I, I I'd rather have them give me one and then we kind of go through a creative process together. Um, but, uh, yeah, working on a deadline, that's, that's not, you know, that's always been tough for me. Working on a deadline or pressed up against something I have to do, I kind of like just doing them, you know. I agree. I think that's what I've, I've kind of gotten away from, uh, and I've been pressing some hard deadlines for myself and got to kind of change that up. So, no, I got you, man. Um, do you have a vision or a dream for the perfect piece that you'll make, or have you already done it? I'll be honest, the... Uh, the the war chest piece okay. from from 1917 that I put um, that I put uh, Scrooge McDuck onto mm. uh, that that's I mean I, I probably will never I I can almost guarantee I will never sell that yeah um, I remember like literally my hands were shaking trying to paint it because it was like so old and so valuable um and then it and it came out just right i mean it literally came out just right especially that early on when i was painting because like it all came together and worked on that piece um and i'll i'll send i'll shoot you a pic of it uh it might be it might be on my social media but um that one came together i mean that that one was better than i was executing at the time and yeah. certainly the best i'd executed uh for a while after you know um like just the stars aligned on that one yeah. I've got a, I've got a poster from the 10 commandments. I do this, I do this, uh, 10 crack commandments, um, uh, theme on, uh, on the Charlton Heston 10 commandments, uh, yeah. posters. Yeah. And I've got this one poster that's, uh, that's an Italian two panel, oh, no, a French two panel. And it's huge. I mean, it's huge. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's the only one left in existence. Really? Um, I've been getting offers for it for years. And I'm pretty sure it's the only one left. I mean, it cost me almost two grand just to linen back it. It's massive. Yeah. Um, and that one someday I'll find some heavy hitter that that's got the space and the money and I'll, and I'll do that one. But that's like sitting on standby. I've, I've, I've been holding on to that forever because there will be a time and a place for that. Yeah. No, I see the war chest one there. It, it, that's dope. I dig that, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's the one that that's the one library of Congress wanted. Yeah. Oh, that's tremendous. And then there's Calvin and Hobbes one, son of the, uh, Rowan Dan. Oh yeah. 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 I, I loved Calvin and Hobbes when I was growing up. I remember reading all those, all those comics. Uh, we had all those books and I we used to go through all of my, yeah. So funny. So funny. And having kids now, it's like funny all over again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good that you get to, again, like express that to them and like share that with them. I like that. I like that. Cause it was shared to you. It was shared to me as well, but, uh, uh, for some, I mean, we'll pass it on along the way. So it's the fact that those are just shared the Calvin and Hobbes is and, and just, um, a whole bunch of other, uh, uh, just films and characters and, and inspirations in life where, where they come from, come from us as a kid and we just pass them on down. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Take it. Um, yeah. What are some of your greatest memories as an artist uh, so far? Because we're going we're gonna to close this one out, but just talk about just artist memories in general. Uh, what do you got there? Yeah, I, um, you know, I think that I've got, uh, I do look back and have fond memories of the early days. Uh, in hindsight, they're fond memories of, of just figuring out how to do this. Um, people always tell me, oh, uh, 
you know, somebody's going to steal your style. I mean, I, I definitely wanted to do something where I was in kind of my own lane. Yeah. You know, I, I haven't found really anybody that's doing this yeah. with any consistency. And I think part of it is just the struggle to make it work. I mean, you just don't understand. You can't just put acrylic paint onto a movie poster. Older posters, you know, just soak the paint up and it just starts spider webbing all through the, the paper. Newer posters, I mean, you literally have to take sandpaper to them to, you know, to get to get the layer gloss. I mean, it's very difficult, but I look back on, you know, some of the very earliest times when I was ruining posters and just kind of working through how to make it happen. I look, those are fond memories now. I mean, working through that challenge. Uh, another one is probably uh, the very first group show I ever did. I put four paintings in a show. Still know those two guys out here in Dallas gave me a chance, you know, uh, threw something together. Um, the show I did in LA was just, you know, a whirlwind that was, that was really successful and, and, um, really came together nice. Uh, you know, um, that's always going to be a fond memory and a couple of shows, but then that, that, those early days of just messing with the art by myself and really trying to figure out how to make it work. I, I, I will always hold on to, to that, um, just overcoming that kind of challenge, you know? Yeah. Have you shown anything, uh, outside of the U S um, I did, I've got, so I've got, I've got a gallery in England, um, that, uh, has done pretty good with my art. Um, and I did a show over there. It was pretty successful in England. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm definitely guilty of not being my uh, best PR rep. You know, I need, I, it's one of those things. If I was, if, if, I, if it was paying the bills, I think I would, I would spend a lot more time, you know, promoting it. Um, it's not really a business for me. You know, I sell art and I've had a couple of years, um, where I sold a, you know, significant amount of art, you know? Um, I mean, I've had 30 K purchases, one off 30 K purchases before. So, I mean, it's definitely, you know, viable income, but, um, I would like to show more in England. England has been a, a, a good, um, uh, good, good to me with my art. Um, but here in the States, you know, I definitely want to do something back out in LA, uh, and New York is, is someplace, um, just because the, because movies are big in New York, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, uh, those, those two areas are probably the areas that I'd like to show in next. Um, but if I got, if I could get back over to Europe, I'd love to do something in London. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. All right, man, let's close this one out. This is, uh, uh the conclusion. And then, uh, like, what do you got planned for this year? So this question, um, what are your plans and approaches for 2021? So this year I I'm, um, really focused on trying to pull a show together in late summer, early fall, maybe, maybe like October, I'd like to do something. So I've got a bunch of act up work that I've been working on. Um, you know, I'm working on some more serious themes. Um, I've got uh, a series of paintings that I've been kind of uh, holding close to the vest that I've been chipping away at over the last couple of years that, uh, just focus on, um, racist imagery from cartoons, you know, uh, in the early 1900s through like the 1950s, um, and really juxtaposing that, those racist images, um, with movies that, um, uh, show strong, uh, 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 characters of color, you know, um, um, so that's something that's been interesting to me, um, that I'd like to kind of finish out. I've probably done, six or seven paintings along that theme. Haven't really showcased very many of them or posted very many of them. Uh, I kind of, but I'm, I'm anxious to do something with those and get those out there a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I think my goal is to just continue to, um, you know, continue to paint stuff. I love, um, I do want to, I do want to focus on, on, on one opportunity this year to, to show my work to the public though. And I'm, and I'm hoping maybe it'll come together in October. Um, you know, possibility I can get back out to LA, but I think it's probably more realistic that I do something here in Dallas. You'll have to come up. Yeah, for sure. Most definitely. Let me know and we can, uh, I'll see, head on up there and check this thing out, man. Cause I've never, aside from the, ep- uh, Epoch, uh, whole, uh, um, mm-hmm. sh- uh, showing that was, uh, um, the only taste that I've gotten before. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I do need some more. Um, do you have any shout outs that you want to give here? Well, we're just going to close this one out. Do you got any shout outs for anybody or any, uh, anything? I want to shout out to my wife All right. for being probably my biggest supporter. You know, um, I think that, uh, as an artist, you know, there's a lot of pressure that you put on yourself. There's a lot of expectation that you put on yourself and it's not easy, you know, being, doing art, doing anything as, as a hobby. Right. I mean, you need some sort of support, especially when you're busy. Um, and I want to shout out my girls, you know, um, they've all been so supportive of me. I mean, I would not be doing this if I, if I didn't have, if they didn't show me the support and enthusiasm for what I was doing that they do, I don't think that I would still be doing this, yeah. you know? No, that's um, but they're, they're definitely my biggest fans. That's for sure. Good, good, good. Um, all right. So uh, tell the people where they can find you, tell the freaks and geeks where they can find you either on the IG or the website itself, anything, anything. Yeah. You can check my work workout um, on Instagram at uh, Max Henry Fraser. Um, M-A-X-X-H-E-N-R-Y-F-R-A-Z-E-R um, and you can check out snipeart.com snipeart's uh, got some of my older stuff on it um, and it's also got kind of cool because I've got some of my posters that I like up on there that's where I guess you found Kung Fu Awesome that section yeah. and, uh, and just some of my posters in general that poster collection I like to showcase there that's always a good starting place for people that are interested in my art because it gives them some sense of the, the you know I mean just infinite possibilities associated associated to to uh you know what kind of paintings i could do or just some of the options you know um that's a good place to start um i mean movie posters are super cool i wish more people were into them you know people they, people think of it like oh I mean, it's like something you tack up on your dorm room wall but i mean they're 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 works of art you know so uh, you know i encourage people to 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 you know if you've got a movie you love especially older movies go check out the posters for them because they're pretty cool yeah, I agree. Now I got a closet full of posters. I got a, I got a studio here full of prints and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I definitely, they are a part of my life as well. Have you ever heard of this? Uh, um, it's a, it's a gallery called art on fifth. It's down here in Austin, Texas. I have, they got a lot of Dr. Seuss stuff in there. Got some uh, original Dr. Seuss stuff. Yeah. 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 I'm glad you yeah. Know. That's a great spot. And they have a lot of those foreign movie posters as well. So uh, yeah, that's dope that you know about that. Excellent. Um, do you have any, aside from the event you're trying to do in October, is there any current events, any current, like, uh, is that the, is that the most important up, upcoming date that you have? Uh, yes, I'm actually going to re-engage, uh, with, there's some, there's a couple of theater chains that I've actually talked to about getting my art into their, into their, into the theater chains, just, uh, as wall art. Um, so those are some conversations I'm going to re try to re-engage with now, um, as we come up out of COVID. Um, and so that, you know, that would be one place where if I do get a good deal done, um, and again, my intention really isn't to, to sell the work. It's really to find outlets to showcase the work. Um, so, uh, there's a, there's a a boutique theater that's 
uh, theater chain that's based here in Dallas. It's actually one of the largest theater chains in the world. It's called Sinopolis. Um, it's, it's a Mexican company, but they're, they actually moved their headquarters here to Dallas. So I'm going to talk to them, uh, continue to talk to them. I had a good conversation going with them. Uh, and then Kobe hit and obviously everything, you know, uh, for the, from the theater world went down. But so, yeah, I think it's going to be really just looking for some more opportunities to, to showcase my work and see if I can't pull together a show in the fall. Definitely, man. I think, uh, um, I don't know. What do you think about, uh, getting something into Alamo draft house? I think that would be tremendous. Yeah. Those guys, those guys are interesting. They've, so I, I compete against, uh, uh, Tim, who's like the founder of Alamo. I run into him all the time in poster auctions. I mean, I run into him, but I mean, competing against him, uh, he's got a much bigger budget than me (laughs) to buy posters, but he's got a really, really sweet collection. And if anybody's in Austin, I mean, some of those draft houses, they showcase some really cool posters. He's got a, he's got a collection of uh, like spaghetti Western posters that are just awesome, you know? Um, uh, so yeah, those are definitely the types of venues, you know, some of the venues have an issue where the, 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 um, the studios don't like, uh, it's very structured what they can put in there. Um, you know, and so, uh, while, you know, certainly what I do falls into artistic license, right. Um, it's still just, especially with Disney, Disney is nuts about their, about their characters and where they're displayed. Um, so I have had some issues with, with Disney specifically before. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love the whole, uh, Alma draft house. I, the idea of Alma draft house, like I said, that, that was the first place I was buying those alternative movie posters from back, like, you know, 2007, 2008. Um, I've got a big, pretty big collection of those too, but that, that's where I, that's where I ran into those. That's what got me started. Alma draft house. I need to get one, man. I don't think I have an alternative one. I'm pretty sure I don't. I, I need a there's, I need to get one. I do need to, you got me on this, uh, on an itch. To- uh, you'll go down a, you'll go down a rabbit hole. I'll send you, I'll send you some of the ones I've got. I've, I've got a bunch. I've got a bunch. I sold off Tyler Stout's the big guy for me in that, in that space, the artist, Tyler Stout, uh, man, I love his stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have any questions for me or anything like that? What do you got? Anything? <sighs> now you've been, uh, you know, how did you get into collecting movie posters? That's such a niche, niche thing. I, you know, um, it, it, What's the first poster you got? First poster I got with well, it's not a movie, man. Uh, I don't I don't know what the first poster would have been, but I know my my uncle passed down a lot of them to me. Um, like I mentioned, I dropped that uh, the speed one. He gave me that one. He gave me a sick. Uh, um, it was a Sean Connery Goldeneye one. Um, so that, that was like one of his oldest ones that he had. Um, what else did he give me? Um, one of the theater pressing or the theater uh, uh, prints of uh, Friday Night Lights where it has what to, do you know what, what's up with the backing on that? Why is why is it not like can you tell us about that? You'll have the image on the front and you'll also see it all the way through on the back or. or... Oh, that's for. Uh, yeah. So they started doing that for uh, the light boxes. OK. They post them in light boxes, yeah. so they're shining the light through them. Yeah, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that's 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 the lighting them up. Okay, yeah. so that's one that I have. That uh, that's the only one that I have that's like that. But I don't know, man. Posters were, uh, um, I guess, posters came in came for me when I was in like maybe middle school, and just the. Mm-hmm was just decked out with movie posters i had the scarface poster i had a rocky poster uh um i think for some reason i sent off for like a pirates of the caribbean johnny depp poster and i got that Mm -hmm. one um 
but yeah, there, I don't know, just the, the uncle for sure, I think sparked it a whole lot with, with posters. And I think my father as well. Um, but he's the one that passed off a, a bunch of them to me that I still have to this day. What's like the, uh, what's like the white whale poster you're looking for? Uh, the, the one you don't have that you wish you did. Okay. Let's see. Um, I'm not going to say any music ones because I do love music ones, but I've started to acquire those some some older music posters, concert posters, and stuff like that. But for a film, mm, I love the I love the Bruce Lee Enter the Dragon stuff that you have, but I have a Bruce Lee piece here. Man, I don't. Let's see, what's a good film? Well, uh, oh, I, um, the Forrest Gump poster because that film oh, came, okay. came out on my birthday. Um, oh yeah dig that one yeah that's not like off the wall or anything like that mm-hmm. but uh as far as like a, a i do want to get a foreign one maybe a diehard one i i think i i, I had a uh, an image on my instagram of a, like a diehard mock kind of poster like image but probably like a diehard uh foreign diehard print or something like that um mm, yeah i think that the, the best the wildest enter the dragon poster is the polish poster for enter the dragon okay. you ever seen one of those I don't think so. No. Yeah. You should check those out. Those are, those are really cool. Polish posters in general are, are really pretty neat. Yeah. Um, Poland is like, and it's whole and a whole different world with regards to, to the imagery they use on the posters, but the inner, the dragon one is, it's pretty famous, pretty rare. It's, it's pretty nice. I got, I got a couple of them. I snap those up every time I can find I have been thinking about a taxi driver one, like a, maybe like a Japanese taxi driver. driver. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, taxi driver is another way. Did you said that? So, taxi driver is one that I uh, I mash up uh, with heavy traffic. There's a lot of parallels in that boxy uh, yeah. heavy traffic. And uh, one of the ones I actually showed out in uh, LA that's still out in LA on display is uh, an Italian two panel that's all blue for taxi driver. It's a famous image of him walking down the street alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I love those posters. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, no, I, I love them. a lot of like, man, like we said, just a lot of uh, um, hidden, Im- not hidden images, but stuff that you don't get stuff that is not uh, input uh, to, to the American poster. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, Max. Well, uh, thank you so much. This is episode number 25. I appreciate it, man. Have a, uh, have an amazing, amazing rest of the day and uh, um, just hold back for just a moment. I'm going to wind it on down for the freaks and geeks. Well, freaks and geeks, that's all she wrote. Once again, I want to thank my guest, Max Henry Frazier of Snipe Art, for coming through on episode number 25 of the podcast and really sharing a whole lot as an artist, as a poster collector, and as a person. Make sure you go check him out at snipeart.com. I'm going to leave a description in the podcast show notes, a little link in the show notes for that. And also go follow him on Instagram at Max Henry Frazier. You can check out some information in the podcast show notes as well. But if you go over to snipeart.com, you can check out some of his past work. And you can check out some of the posters, the amazing posters that he has in his collection. Some really cool stuff. You got to go check that out. Snipeart.com. Also, huge shout out to Greenbelt Botanicals for sponsoring the podcast. Freaks and Geeks, make sure you go use that, that promo code FOOTDOCTOR15. Get yourself 15% off your purchase at Greenbelt Botanicals and GreenbeltBotanicals.com. They got it all over there. Again, FOOTDOCTOR15. Use that promo code. Check them out. Freaks and Geeks. 
Thank you for listening. And remember, new episodes are released every Wednesday at 6 a.m. Do me a favor and go subscribe to the podcast on whichever podcast platform that you prefer. And make sure that you rate and leave a comment while you're there too, subscribing. Also, be sure to follow me on IG, the Instagram, the 512 Foot Doctor, T-H-A 512 F-O-O-T-D-R. And follow the podcast Instagram as well, the Doctor's Orders Podcast, T-H-A-D-R-S-O-R. R-D-E-R-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T and continue to tell freaks and geeks that you know about the podcast. Remember, the Doctor's Orders podcast is a Life or Death Studios production. Freaks and geeks, until next time, we'll see you on the next one. Don't be late.